Busy day for the Cleveland Guardians. Five new players on the 40-man roster, two trades, and some hardware brought home, all to get into on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Guardians. Thank you for making Locked on Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. I am Jeff Ellis, the host of Locked on Guardians. And uh, before this, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout in 24-7 and many a Cleveland sports blog. Justin, give him your background. I have been at so many places I can't name them all. It would be unfair for me to leave somebody out who's still doing great work despite what I left behind. Um Currently managing editor of Guardians Baseball Insider and freelancing for the Lorraine Morning Journal and the Willoughby News Herald. Uh, yeah, that's about that. About covers it. I, I, you know, I wanted to think about like who I was going to slam there and make a bad joke about you know which one of our friends who runs the site, but I decided to be kind and move on. Listen, <laughs> it was viewed as a maybe to some people minor upset that Tito Francona won Man of the Year. We were discussing this off air. I don't think it is a media loves tito b it's probably viewed as the last shot he gets at this award i think this was a farewell tour he's got three of them in cleveland um does anyone care i've been asking this question multiple times on this show people are still mad about stephen kwan uh and that's silly but the does anyone care about manager of the year it's great tito won it's more hardware i don't have a big feel um you know, he was definitely deserving to be in that conversation. It is hard to quantify the value of a manager because it feels like 70 to 80% of what they do has no, you have no ability to quantify. So congrats to Tito. Three is a great thing. His whole run here has been fantastic. But yeah, that's my final thoughts. Um, who actually cares about manager of the year? Yeah, it's definitely not. I mean, this is one of those awards that has no quantification. You can't really make any arguments other than getting to know the managers and understanding their situations. Like we, we, we said, everybody knows this by now. It's not like any breaking news. These awards are always won by the team that outperforms expectations. I know the expectations for the Orioles were probably low. The expectations for the Mariners were not quite as low. They, they were expect- expectations. And those things uh, certainly changed as the season went on, too, because the Mariners made a big move and they um, improved their team. Yeah, the Orioles. I will say the only thing is the Orioles didn't make the playoffs. Is that is that something that has to quant you know to be part of the award? I don't really know, but I'm with you. I think um, definitely factors in heavily how the relationships Tito has with the media and how long he's been around and the success level and you know that could have been as nobody knew if he was coming back next year. Set him out with that. I mean, obviously if they weren't good, they weren't going to vote for him, but. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those awards that you're like, okay, like somebody won and some people finish in second or third. It's not like, I don't know, is there anything in Tito's contract that gives him more money if he wins the award? Maybe. Like, but even if it is, does it really matter at the end of the day? Probably not. Like, I don't think anybody internally is, is slighted by any of this. You know what I mean? Like, there's no nobody working for these teams is losing sleep tonight because of the, their manager did or didn't win this award. You know what I mean? hundred percent. I think that's really all we need to say. It's like I said, it's, it's, it's not the driver. I think most people are probably here tonight because of trade number two, actually of the day, Nolan Jones for one, uh, Brito. I, here's my view. Oh, I see a lot of people talking. Well, it's Nolan Jones is blocked. Well, Considering this, there's more middle infielders on this 40-man than any other position, Brito's even more blocked. This is a two teams trading for what they desire. Colorado is always trying to add more power. Cleveland is trying to add more contact skills. And both trading away the deficit uh, that their system has. Colorado needs more contact skills and on-base guys. Cleveland seems on paper to need more power. But it was teams trading for their approach. Um, yeah. I'll go to you and then I can give some further, you know, analysis as we debate this big trade, the big trade of the day. 
Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of hot takes on the trade, to be honest with you. I think it's pretty obvious that Cleveland preferred what Oscar Gonzalez gave them over what Nolan Jones gave them. They didn't call him back up at the end of the season when they had a chance to. He was on the postseason roster. They prefer, they called up Will Brennan instead of calling Nolan Jones back up in order to add a left-handed bat. Um, you know, they, they were probably trying to get a look at Brennan, and Brennan played well in his stretches in, in the end of the regular season. So I think it just came down to they had other options in the organization. They clearly prefer. They clearly prefer right now Austin Gonzalez. They clearly prefer... Well, Brennan, they might even prefer George Valera. That's still to be determined. But at the end of the day, you know, they, they had to – it would have been very hard to see. We've talked about this. I think it would have been very unlikely that all these guys came to AAA next year that weren't on the roster anyway, right? So they had to make a move one way or the other. And clearly this is the, the one they didn't feel as strongly about going forward at this point. So they made a move for – what they thought they could get from him. And that's what they ended up with. Yeah. I think, you know, Oscar Gonzalez uh, versus Nolan Jones. I think that just comes down to handedness. Like, I don't know how much it goes beyond, but I think the degree of that is the handedness matters because this team has uh, no handedness. Uh, and I mean, both are adventures in defense and uh, both have profiles. Uh, maybe don't profile traditionally, but, uh, you know, my general view, I was looking at Brito, is we've got one year of data. It, it's very unusual for a player like him uh, to be on a 40-man at this point in time. He's 20. He's only played in low A. Uh, I watched about 20 minutes of video on him. He has a little bit of a late move. Like when the pitcher goes to pitch, he crouches. So he has that. It's There's some videos where he does it very dramatically. Uh, I don't know if it makes it harder for the pitcher to find the zone, if that's part of the reason his walk rate was so high, if it does something that messes with perception versus what it becomes. Uh, I always get nervous with any type of moving part uh, because sometimes that becomes an issue. Uh, So that's one of those things. It's not huge. When I first saw it, like I said, it was this dramatic zoom back. uh, And I was like, that's going to be an issue. But it, it looked like he has worked on toning down the moving parts of it. So I don't think that'll be as big of a deal. Fresno is a band box. I don't, I think you're probably at like, I think the best case outcome is average pop. I think you're hoping plus hit average pop. Uh, I know Justin likes him a bit more, but um, I, I think it's maybe because he looks a little, uh, the profile might be a little Ronnie Belliard esque as a second baseman. Uh, if it works, uh, I, here's the thing. They could look very smart and very savvy. He has a good approach. He has good contact skills, just a little bit of uppercut to the swing. Uh, he stole 17 bases, even though he is a below average runner. So there's obviously some intelligence and smarts to it. Uh, the high walk versus low walk. Again, he's a low A guy. Uh, this is one of those trades where, hey, maybe they're going to look very savvy in a few years. Maybe they're going to look very dumb. Uh, I, he, you know, it, you don't base anything on pipeline, but you do have to point out that like Nolan Jones was seventh in the system. And Brito was 30th in Colorado's barren wasteland of a system. Uh, but he would have likely moved up because he had that year in A-ball. He's an interesting player. He fits the Guardians' approach, right? He's contact. He is a, bat, a pro, um, you know, good eye at the plate. There's some Stephen Kwan to the pro- profile. Um, but again, those are all the high-end outcomes. Mostly this is Jones wasn't going to make this team. And they found a guy that they think could be a diamond in the rough roughed rough yeah maybe i i'm gonna say i looked at the park factors for fresno that's where he played his home games last year the park factors weren't as bad as you might think uh 88 for home runs which is below average so not that's as on the 125 runs. at baseball america's going into the year uh right this is after this i think this is after the season this is as of um october 10th of this year so uh home runs this year 88 in a park factor, obviously 100 is average and 120 is above average. Uh, runs overall 92, so a little bit. So that that ballpark didn't play um, played slightly below average this year in terms of offense. Now I'm not not sure. Weird they that it would have like a 40 point because it was like 125 in 2021. So I don't know if that's like is that something where it's player performance or 
are you using Baseball America as well or another? Yeah, um, yeah, it's Baseball America's Park Factors for 2022. Mm-hmm. This came out October 10th this year. Um, it's weird that it shifts yeah, that 80, much. 88 result of, of is Park Factor where Hunter is average and 120 signifies that the outcome is 20% more frequent in home games mm-hmm. than, ro- than road games. Conversely, a, a, pa- a park factor of 80, per, of 80 indicates that the outcome is 20% yeah. less in home games. And Fresno, like I said, was um, 80 per, 88, uh, has an 88 park factor in home games um, and a 92 in runs. So that's below the 100 mark. So it's it's below average at home versus the rest of the league. So I wonder if that's a case of like, you know, what happens with Colorado where they struggle on the road because they have to get used to differences. And then at home, they end up being better once they get used to I don't know. But the park factors are pretty good. I mean, Rancho Cucamonga, where the Dodgers play, had a, had a home run park factor of 141. So that's obviously super high. And they had a 102 uh, park factor in runs. Inland Empire was 109 and 75. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But the park factors this year say that um, not really that much of an issue for Brito in terms of his performance. He was, you know, low low A technically. You know, he was he was 20 years old at low A, so he was about a year younger than the rest of his peers. That's still pretty solid. Like you know, it's not otherworldly, but it's it's pretty good. I don't know. I think a lot of this is too early to judge the trade. I think what oh, it comes down to, yeah, I think what it comes down to is that. Jones had traits that they no longer valued. Remember, Jones was also tra- was also drafted at a time by a different um, scouting director. <laughs> you know, then they they kind of changed philosophy since then. That 2016 draft was obviously great because it produced a ton of pitching. It produced Benson and Jones, which was good. Some other guys, um, but those those kind of traits are no longer what they value. What they're developing, and like you said, Brito is is more of a contact hitter and. Um, I do think there's parts of the swing I absolutely like. I haven't had as much time as you had to dig in on the video. I will the, right, later this week. I probably won't have a substantial answer for anybody until early next week. But there's some there's some things to like there, and it, it comes down to it comes down to they see some some tools and some skills that Brito brings they like, and um, Ones they don't and Jones anymore, they don't value as much anymore. And Jones didn't have a home here. You know, it was, it wasn't going to be first base. Um, probably not the outfield. You know, he strikes out more than Oscar Gonzalez for whatever, whatever deficiencies Gonzalez has offensively. We can safely say that he strikes out a lot less than Jones just because of the sheer contact rate. Um, and like you said, handiness plays a role. Yeah. And the other thing I think we should dispel too is, there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, that's all they could get for Nolan Jones, really? Do you think that – or, or they, they settled, they should have traded him for more? Cleveland was probably talking to multiple teams this week about Nolan Jones, if this is the case. They've probably been thinking for a while about his future on this team. So chances are they didn't get one offer and just took it for Nolan Jones. Chances are um, they had conversations with multiple teams about Nolan Jones, and, the, and, and I think – I don't know. I think you can look at a guy like Juan Brito and suggest that this is a guy Cleveland target. I think this is a specific target that this is a guy they maybe they just have a conversations with the Rockies. Maybe the Rockies decided they all they like Nolan Jones and um, this is the guy on the list that Cleveland liked the most. But this kind of feels like a you know Cleveland likes this guy specifically. Nolan Jones doesn't have a home. It might have been a it might have been a trade of where both teams would benefit. You know. So it just feels kind of direct, but trust me, they didn't. They didn't just trade Nolan Jones without you know knowing what he could get elsewhere, and they didn't just trade for this burrito guy without knowing you know how else he's felt about around the league as well. Yeah, I I was kind of interested while we were talking. I went and I looked. Of his eleven home runs, eight were at home. He only hit three on the road in the rest of the California league. So, uh, however it is set up, it definitely seemed to benefit him as he had a rather. Um, massive split between those two mm-hmm. um it is like a, a pretty pro dimension park i'll say that it's not like there's some gimmick that i really saw but you know he's 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 low a you take everything in low a with a grain of salt like uh, that's the end of the day thing everything in low a is a grain of salt 
Um, great years, bad years. Go look what Bobby Bradley did in low A when people were telling me he was going to win a triple crown. Um, you know, it, it's just the truth of the matter. You can't really take too much from Brito, except for he is not a plus athlete, which is going to make it hard. He had a few nice plays. I was watching defensively, uh, but there's no, he played some shortstop. That's not going to stick. Like every report talks about him being well below average runner. So that also makes you a little bit worried that if he thickens up, which he could do, and then maybe that power could come a little bit better um, about positional. And then like watching the video, it was, I would hazard about 70%. The ball was on the ground. There is, like I said, there is some uppercut in there. And he obviously by the reports, he had a ton of doubles he had for power, but it looked like, you know, I didn't look at his stats, which probably would be the smarter thing to do. But in the small cross section of ones I saw, it was, you know, it's a swing for contact. Uh, this isn't a guy who you necessarily think is going to do much more than be. I mean, this is saying his ground ball percentage was 37%, fly ball 42. So about equal in those areas. Um, but yeah, you know, he's, and he is all pool. So we know they like pool hitters. He is an all, he's nearly 50% pool hitter. So uh, yeah, he just fit them profile. I think that's, you know, we've both mentioned it. it he fits a profile and they like players that are different. Um, everyone was sitting there complaining about the Kluber deal. You know, I'm not saying that this is going to turn to class A, but I mean, everyone's like, all we got was a reliever for Kluber. So you always have to wait and see. Like, that's what I can say. I don't love it. I'll, I'll put on record. Like, you know, I've been honest. Like, you know, uh, I love the Clevenger deal. Most people didn't like that. I got that right. I didn't like, I hated the Lindor deal. Uh, that one I missed. So I'm just going to say right now, I don't like it just because it feels like um, a little bit of redundancy. And I feel like it's it's a very thin margin to success because of the athletic uh, profile. Justin and I disagree, which is great because it doesn't happen very often. I think you're a little bit higher overall on him. I'm not saying you're like, okay, he's a top 10 prospect, but I think Whereas I'm sitting there looking at him as probably not maybe a back of the top 20, if even or back of the top 30 or like around 30, even for consideration. I think uh, you see a little bit more upside or ceiling. But again, I think we're both saying who knows. Yeah, too soon to tell. Like I said, I haven't seen enough on him to, to really espouse an opinion. And, um, you know, just a little bit I do see. I definitely do. I think there's something interesting about him. Um I definitely want to see more. I definitely think that, you know, there, there, there are traits there that I think that Cleveland can do stuff with, you know what I mean? Like we've seen over the last couple of years, how they've, how they've handled those profiles. And I think there is something they can at least, uh, there's some things they can try to shape and work with. Like, uh, you know, Saris and the athletic had, had that great tweet. He said that, you know, um, if Brito hasn't gone through any like weighted bat training, that that was something that helped Stephen Kwan a lot of weighted bat training. If they can do that with Brito with his contact skills, his ability to pull the ball, get the ball in the air, you know, you might have something there. It just seems like one of those things where you're like, okay, we like the we like the outline. Let's try to tighten the edges and and kind of mold it to how we like it. You know, things they can work with. So yeah, the just for those who missed it, the full tweet from Eno Saras is Nolan Jones for Juan Brito is low-key fascinating. Jones strikes out too much, especially for the Guardians, which again that kind of gives you behind the scenes look there. But batted ball stats, excellent in small sample. Brito makes contact and has patience, but pulls everything without power you normally see with that approach. Trade to remember. I have gone for Jones, but if Brito has never gone on a weighted bat program, his contact rate offers much more upside. So that's like that full one if you're curious about that. And, you know, you know, Saros does more in-depth stuff with um, with such things as anyone. So uh, definitely stands out. Uh, it's an interesting trade. Uh, the best part about this trade is still uh, Chris. Uh, I'm going to get his name wrong. Austin, Austin Maker uh, from the Lorraine who tweeted it out about 20 minutes before I think he was allowed to announce it. If you saw that initial one, uh, his first tweet about all the moves of the day included it and then it got deleted and then he said mistype and then it came back and he announced it officially. So it was, <laughs> it was humorous to watch it unfold. Uh, it was also kind of nice, nice to see someone not rush to scream first, which is so rare in media today. So I wanted to, Butcher his name, get all of his data wrong, uh, not give him credit uh, in the correct way, but also say, like, I, I appreciate any person who's just like, oh, I was supposed to be quiet about this. 
hold on a second. Uh, but we're going to take our first break here at nearly where we should be taking a third break typically. And then <laughs> come back. We got another trade and three more names to talk about internally all on today's Locked On Guardians. So our first sponsor today are our good friends over at Simply Safe. And if you've heard me talk about Simply Safe, my house had this system before I bought it. Uh, all the materials are still here. If I look around the recording basement, there's some down here. The former uh, owner went went all in on Simply Safe. He has everything set up. And in the time I bought the house, uh, they have all stayed sturdy. They've stayed together. I have young children who throw things up into the rafters, hit these things all the time. Nothing breaks, nothing comes down. It is well-made equipment. If you've also listened to the show, you know, I really use U.S. World and uh, U.S. News and World Reports as a lamppost, a guidepost on big purchase items, things that are expensive. And they rated Simply Safe, the top home security system of 2022 and 2021 and 2020. That's what you're getting here. You're getting consistent success. This is the Cleveland Guardians of home security. Consistently good, consistently productive, high contact rates. Uh, and I hear Nolan Jones is no longer working for them. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I've recommended. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com backslash locked on MLB. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com backslash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And okay, trade number two to discuss. Uh, I liked this one. Uh, Carlos Vargas for Ross Carver. I guess I'll lead off again. Carlos Vargas had maybe the best slider in the minors, but his fastball was almost unusable at points. It's high velocity, but I don't think he could ever put it anywhere. So I don't know, you know, it was clear relief is going to be the role. I had so many people tweeting about how this guy was like class A. It's like, no, no. See, class A has an 80 grade fastball. With the command issues, Vargas had like a 40-grade fastball because if you can't put it somewhere, it doesn't matter how fast it is. Slider is a legitimate legitimate weapon, but um, the hype I saw today on him was unbelievable. People are more upset about Vargas than Jones. I don't know about you, but I don't even think those two players are close in terms of value. No, I mean, Carlos Vargas, I, I, I liked Carlos Vargas, I will say. I've been... I've been hot on the trail for him for a little bit as far as asking, seeing, wanting to see him as a reliever, even when he was in Mahoning Valley, because he never really <clears throat> had a changeup back then. And uh, by the time he got back from Tommy John, it didn't matter. You know, he didn't pitch in 2020, didn't pitch in 2021 because of Tommy John, never got above a uh, short season ball until this year, coming back from Tommy John. But even so, the fastball had some, it's not just the control of the fastball, which was, like you said, 40. Probably, probably forty grade control, maybe even. Yeah, okay. I'll say, I'll say forty grade control, which would make I know. It I like heard 30. people putting thirties on it, so. Yeah, maybe even thirty. It's yeah. The control is not good. It hasn't been good. Um, to be fair, he also was coming back from Tommy John and missed two seasons, so I think there's some. Yeah. Even before given, that, it wasn't good. Yeah, I think it was probably a, a forty before. You're at least maybe yeah. projecting a forty at, at best. Um, you know, you'll give him a little bit of a mulligan on that, but the fat, fastball control wasn't good. And furthermore, um, just the shape and the, and the movement didn't in um, what's the right word I'm looking for. It didn't, it didn't work in missing bats. You know, it didn't, it didn't help itself in terms of missing bats. It was really more of a fastball shape that would be to induce grounders or weak contact but just like you said, because he had such a hard time controlling it this year, uh, it didn't really make a difference. The slider was good, uh, without a doubt. The slider is one of the is easily and in a vacuum. It's a seventy. I think it's a it's an, a plus plus pitch. Uh, the problem with that is, and I I saw a good article on this recently from Prospects Live. Tieran, um, right? Tieran, yeah. How the slider, you know, doesn't get a lift from the fastball, you know, because the fastball is so bad and so. Um, unusable on its own, it almost knocks the slider down a peg and he becomes a one-pitch pitcher. Now, I know, and people might be saying, well, Emmanuel Clase is a one-pitch pitcher. No, he's not. Mariano, Mariano Rivera might have been, but Mariano Rivera had a 
a 70 pitch with like 70 command. Um, Carlos Vargas has a 70 pitch with 30 command and it's um, not a pitch you can really live with on its own. Yeah, you know, no the cutter is on the slider. I mean, slider is fantastic. The guardians love sliders, but no one's one pitch in with a slider. Right. And there's a reason that class a got better when he started throwing the slider more, not just the cutter. You know what I mean? Uh, the days of, of one, there's, there are very few one pitch pitchers in the, in the majors and um, Mariano Rivera probably was it, but um, yeah, class a is neither of those guys. As much as I liked class a, yeah, the slider probably got knocked out of peg because the fastball issues and, it seemed like he had fallen out of favor a little bit. And that's tough to say coming off of Tommy John and everything, but you know, he didn't get into that game. He was warming up for against Minnesota. They didn't use him as emergency arm. And uh, furthermore, they added Tim Heron today and moved on from Vargas. So I think that tells you that Tim Heron moved ahead of Vargas in terms of relief pecking order. So no need there. And I personally agree with that assessment. Don't you as well? What? If you have to choose Aaron? between Heron or Vargas. See, I would have liked to have given Vargas one more year. I would like to have seen what would happen this year. But yeah, if you're if you're really committed to the rest of your roster, and yeah, yeah, I would probably go Heron over Vargas. But I would like Vargas one more year, just one more mulligan to see what he looks like coming off of year two off of Tommy John. Yeah. He's like I said, he's a fascinating hype case just because as you said, he's been so hurt. We haven't seen him above a ball. Statistically he has never been a dominator in spite of that great stuff yet. A lot of people were really on the hype train today. So it's, it's fascinating just in the way that things are reported. So I guess it's, you know, another point of media literacy of just like, don't use just one source, look at multiple places, get a lot of data. And, you know, I, I, I've been hearing outlandish things about Carlos Vargas for years. So I'm just going to state that and yeah, take some time. Don't just trust this show, like get multiple sources. That's how you're going to do better with baseball in general. Um, Ross Carver is a nice return though. Uh, for multiple reasons, he, it's two years away. He, it he is two years away from being eligible for the Rule Five draft. It gives him some time to think. He's got a plus curveball, so you're getting a guy with a plus curveball. The fastball velocity was up this year, midnight, low nineties, like touching mid nineties. And uh, you know, he he. If you look at the numbers in Double A, there is no doubt that uh, that that park in uh, is it Amarillo. That air, wherever he was, that double A park is one of the worst in baseball. Uh, so yeah, the numbers were bad when he got the double A for all 36 innings this year, but he was pitching in a no man's land. And there's a lot of people who really like him and who kind of looked at this as, yeah, he's maybe a reliever with the fastball curveball, but when you're sending him to Cleveland with what they can do, if they can help him with that third pitch, uh, he could maybe be a starter. It's, it's a, you know, I liked him at Dallas Baptist. I had liked some of his college stats. So when the draft, when that happened, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I thought uh, Cleveland might even have liked him out of college at the time. Uh, so yeah, I liked, I liked this trade overall. Uh, you're clearing up that space and you're um, getting someone who, yeah, he, he's, you know, he was a four year college guy, uh, reliever at, at Dallas Baptist but who, yeah, it was at Amarillo that, uh, you know, has some interesting uh, interesting performance numbers this year and a chance to do more. And again, two years before you make any decisions on him. Yeah, I mean, a little bit older. Well, I guess not really. He was probably about average age for high A and then didn't really pitch it. I mean, he pitched 36 innings at double A, so we're not going to take a ton away from that. Like you said, the ballpark there. I, I, have, I didn't look at the park factors for that one I'll yet. I don't really have it. Yeah, I don't really have a, a strong opinion on on Carver. Uh, not a ton of video floating around on Twitter. I haven't had time to dig in on um, on uh, any other video besides that. I did see a couple good curveballs, so it looks like he has a good uh, a very good curveball. Let's see, double A park factors from the one I had just pulled up. That is not Reno, right? No, that's that's not Amarillo. He's at Amarillo. Amarillo. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. The park factors this year. 
uh, were pretty rough. A 165 for home runs and a 142 for runs overall in that ballpark. So uh, I don't know if anyone is worse than 165. I got to be honest. That's going to be, I mean, Vegas is 153, and that's rather notorious. Lake County was 161 this year in terms of home runs. Charlotte was 169. I'm looking here in uh, for Triple uh, A. I feel like Redding is the one to go look up. That park is that is a, a disaster. Yeah. Oh, it's only a 100 this year. I've always heard terrible things about Redding. But yeah, I think that 165 made it the worst park for home runs in baseball. So uh, no, Spokane also had a 165. So yeah, there's there's some but high it's, ones. It's bad. It's yeah. bad. Yeah, it was it was a tough park to pitch in. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, like, not like Vargas had a ton of value. Um, you know, just a team that maybe liked him a little bit and thought. I mean, we've talked about it a couple times in the show. You you've kept bringing it up that Arizona needs relief help, and I'm sure this isn't the only relief help they're going to target. But yeah. if they feel like he can be an impact in the bullpen, then you know, good for them. And hopefully, you know, he does as well. But. Uh, um, it's a guy that can help him now, and Cleveland could wait and see on Carver for a couple of years here, and um, had good He's numbers. He's a reliever in college, so you're you're also doing that conversion on him right now from reliever to starter, and the chance for you know, yeah, yeah. A lot of people liked him in high A and high A, so yeah, definitely hit a snag in double A. So you know, starts next season the double double A rotation. You uh, you see where it goes from there, and um. This is a trade where I don't think, you know, if, if Cleveland, you know, we're not going to judge winners and losers on November 15th of a offseason no, no. 40-man trade. But this is not – this is a trade that I feel like is going to have some fairly low consequence. As much as I, I – I have always been – anybody will say who's ever cared about anything, I think, for whatever reason. I've always – I've always liked Vargas, and I like the potential. But um, have all, I think I've always tried to acknowledge that the – while Vargas has the potential, it is a very high bust rate for a player like him, and it's a uh, it's pretty much um, all ceiling and no floor. The floor is no 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 uh, nothing the floor good. Is lava for Vargas, for yeah, the him. floor is lava for Vargas for sure. Uh, so yeah, I think you know, like I said, interesting player, good trade, and more importantly, opened a forty man spot. We got three players to talk about still on the forty man, but. Uh, First, we're going to take another break from a word from our sponsors here. And that fantastic sponsor is, as I say, a Rushmore sponsor that is one of our fantastic friends over at Bet Online. I was trying to go see, let's, let's talk some baseball odds. Uh, if you're curious for next year, after you know their most updated odds, after what went down today, you know, Tyler Anderson leaving the Dodgers. Um, is that about uh, Martin Perez signing his qualifying offer? I think that's about as big as it got. Dodgers are still the World Series favorites for next year at 575. Astros, Braves, Yankees, Blue Jays. Uh, Cleveland is still all the way down here at plus 3,300. And your longest bet, Pirates, Nationals, Athletics. Those are your three bottom teams. If you had to pick one of those three bottom to win the World Series, are you going Oakland, Pittsburgh, or Washington? Uh... Pass? <laughs> Can I pass? I'd probably go Pittsburgh just because I think they're going to actually promote some guys. Well, the other ones are just selling at all times. Uh, MLB free agency. How about this? You want to do some odds? Aaron Judge, you cannot bet on him for the Yankees, but Giants, Dodgers, Mets, top three for Aaron Judge. Guardians do get odds at, again, plus 3,300 on Aaron Judge. Um, Carlos Correa's next team, Cubs. Twins, Giants, Cubs, significant advantage. That's apparently, maybe there's some inside info. Danzy Swanson, if not the Braves, so again, that's your favorite, then Giants, Cubs, Phillies. Jacob deGrom, if not the Mets, then Rangers, Braves, and Dodgers, and then the Guardians. I'm kidding. No, they're not. They're not fourth on that list. Uh, so, you know, it's always fun to go see uh, where the Guardians appear. They only appear on the Aaron Judge list, which is kind of comical in its own way. Uh, but go check out our good friends over at Bet Online today. If you want to get in the game, go to Bet Online. Three ads, and I, I take a moment, give Justin some praise. These were his top three. When we did our top threes, uh, this is my one, two, and four. But this was Justin's one, two, and three. And also, you know, he doesn't like it when I give him praise. At least there's no like terrible face today. I believe you also at one point in time 
I don't know if it was on air or off air, talked about how Nolan Jones to Colorado would be fun and make sense. I feel like we had that discussion. I don't know what we were discussing would come the other way, um, but I feel like that came up in one of our talks. So multiple kudos here. Uh, on hell, on hell, keep on coming. Angel Martinez, clearly the best player by a mile. They had to add him or he would have been the first pick in the draft. We've talked about him ad nauseum. Uh, listen, he was one of the youngest players at his level and consistently performed. He's a top 10 prospect in the system, and we'll move on. Cantillo, we debated. How happy are you with Cantillo being here right now in spite of only playing half a year in the last, what, three? Yeah, 20, yeah, half a year out of, uh, yeah, 2020, 2021. Yeah, out of the last three seasons. That's crazy. But um, definitely another guy I think would have been selected. You know, that's the, the leaps and gains he made this season, I think would have been easy for a team to stash from the bullpen for a year, see how he, um, ends up translating to the big league level, maybe send him back down to AAA next year after he's at the 90 days in the active roster. And then, uh, or, or what, can they can they send him down? If you have a guy on your active roster for 90 days this season, uh, can you send him back down for the 90 days? Or does it have to be up for the I, whole season? I don't think you can send him down. I think that's why it helps when a guy has an injury because then it shortens the season. Like when we talk about... Well, but he has to be on the active roster for 90 days. That's the rule. Yes, to keep him. So if he's not on the active roster for 90 days, then he can be offered back. But if an injury means a season starts late, then it starts late, and then you don't have to worry. But the minute you take him off your roster, I believe you have to offer offer that player back. So that is why it is beneficial if they're hurt, because then it shortens the overall season for that player and allows you to stash them. Uh, I agree, but I mean, teams love to carry two lefties. What's easier to carry than a lefty reliever? Yeah, I think I think Jones. I think Jones. I think Cantillo would have had no problem sticking on a roster long enough to lose con- for the the team drafting him to have control and be able to send him down after they had him on the active roster long enough. So that was uh, I was concerned they would maybe not do it, and then yeah, they they must have seen that in the sixty innings were more than worth it, which I agree. I uh, I, I just want to take a second and say. Uh, I know Tim Heron's agency follows me on Twitter. So we'd love to have him on the show. Just throw that out there. We've been big supporters of his might reach out uh, in other ways, but if they're listening, he's fascinating. What a great story. Indiana is not a strong baseball program. Let's just put that out there. Be honest front street. It is not. And I pulled up my tweet from draft day from 2018, which was uh, no, I'm not copying and pasting this. Tim Heron has a great walk rate, but he doesn't miss any bats. And it's funny to see how all the bats he misses now. Uh, he's a big kid starter in college, but a completely, completely different type of pitcher now, uh, in terms of just what he's able to do. Uh, you, you were one of the people front and center on him for a while. So why don't you take over at this point? Yeah. Heron. I don't know. I don't remember anything from, from college. I definitely was not paying attention to Tim Heron in college. I definitely have never paid attention to Indiana baseball except for Kyle Schwarber. Is that right? Kyle Schwarber? Yes, Schwarber was at Indiana. Um, okay. Outside of Kyle Schwarber, I, I didn't – I have not really paid attention. Um, but, yeah, he went from being a guy who was like 90 to 94 at Lake County in 2021, and then this year he came back explosive as ever, getting up to 99. Slider's good, uh, has a cutter. I think kind of a tough arm. He was a very tall guy. Um, improved his control, too. Not only did he, you know – take a leap forward in terms of um, just stuff and velocity, but the, the strikeout rate moved up. The walk rate went down and maybe there's a correlation there, right? Maybe, maybe his control isn't a ton better than it was a year ago, but the fact that he's throwing harder and the stuff is better uh, means the guys are chasing more and uh, that, you know, lowers his walk rate and moves the strikeout rate. So maybe, maybe the control is still, you know, to be determined. Maybe it's still going to be on the fringes, but uh, stuff is definitely, worthy enough. I know, I know every bullpen these days has, you know, six guys to throw 97 plus. Um, but I think that's very few and far between who are left-handed and, and six foot seven. And now Cleveland has a chance to have two of them. Makes a lot of sense too. When you think about the fact that they designate Anthony goes for assignment as well. But he wasn't going to um, play this year. Right. But that's, that's what I mean. This gives them a chance to have a second lefty in the bullpen another power arm in the bullpen at some point this season from the left side. That was something they, they uh, could benefit from. Yeah. It's 
Like I said, it's it's definitely one of those success stories um, for the scout who found him and for the team in general. Uh, you know, he, he's, you know, you can never have enough lefties. Do you think uh, Miklo Jack is as good as gone? Do you think someone's going to pounce? I think he is probably the biggest name left off. You know, I saw a lot of people talking about Ethan Hanking, Hankins. I threw out a tweet. You don't have to necessarily agree with this because it's one of my burning hot takes that maybe <laughs> you don't want to agree with. But I thought there was a 0% chance Hankins gets added. I, I didn't think that was in the cards at all. I didn't think there was any possibility of that. I saw some talk of Peyton Beatonfield, and I get that because, again, a year ago, we all thought for sure. But after getting passed by Curry and Gaddis, I thought the writing was on the wall there. Uh, you know, Nick Enright, I think, maybe had a shot. Um, I don't know if he necessarily had a shot, but I think he's got a shot to be taken. But Miklo Jack is probably the biggest name not on the roster right now. Um, we both like Fry, but listen, he wasn't protected by the Brewers last year for a reason when they don't have a when they have open spots. Like there, there's enough flaws there that uh, I don't know if someone jumps on him. You know, he's not a real catcher. Like if he is a real catcher, yeah, but he's he's not a real catcher. He's a third string catcher for a reason. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mikolajek, I can see just because, like, like we said before, a team a team can. Uh, see that what he did in 2021 and believe that they can get him back to that. Maybe they don't. Maybe they pass him up. I don't know. Uh, Enright's had enough success that someone should take a shot on him there. I don't know anybody. I'm not really, you know, up on everybody else's rule five situation or their, their 40 man situation, but you know, Arizona, maybe Arizona likes more Cleveland's relievers. They have a bad bullpen. The Nationals have a bad bullpen. Um, the pirates don't have a lefty. I just, we were just finding this out from our pirates. Uh, Lockdown Pirates guy. The the Pirates don't even have a single lefty, so I guess that's a reason you take Tim Heron because the Pirates would have taken Tim Heron. Um, yeah, relievers are the most commonly selected players, so I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two Cleveland relievers go elsewhere. Yeah, and I I didn't mention him, but we should probably talk about Andrew Mizziasic, whose name I probably got wrong. The numbers were fantastic all year, like some of the best numbers in the system. And I find it interesting, you know, we know Fangraphs has some, like Eric Longenhagen has a lot of friends in baseball. Let's just be honest about that. He gets good inside info. He was on Cleveland's must-add list, Missy Ozick was, by Longenhagen midseason. So I feel like there's probably some team or two in the league that might really like him. So Enright, Missy Ozick, and Nick M, so I don't butcher his last name again, uh, all stand a pretty good chance. It's, you know, it's the nice thing of that bullpen becoming such a strength this year so many guys stepping up is some interesting guys were not able to be protected but Mm -hmm. five players added um i think that's more than i would have expected at the start of the day and i understand part of that is the way the trades worked out but not five it's only four players uh my original information was wrong because they did not the the carver doesn't have to be added so it's four players added definitely more than i would have expected though they had that trade uh how are you feeling right now is it uh at the end of the day of all this still a little surprised, happy with the way it's turning out. Uh, anyone still who survived the, uh, you know, the executioner's acts that you're a little bit surprised by. It's still like in the system today. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely thought Palacios would be, would go. Um, didn't think that he would, you know, we've all think that he has a very limited role in the system and, um, probably didn't carry a lot of value. So maybe they just decided that rather than trade him for whatever, they kept him in the system and they'll see what happens with him as, as some outfield depth and a guy, they feel comfortable moving up and down as needed from triple A to the majors and probably felt like what they got back for Nolan Jones was better for their situation going forward than it was trading Richie Palacios. I suppose that's probably the way I look at it. Other than that, really for, uh, Sean Murphy trade. That's all. I'm kidding. Yes, of course, of course. The Sean Murphy trade that is definitely absolutely one for one. Happen. Palacios yeah. for Murphy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No. Not. I mean, the Nolan Jones thing was definitely a surprise. The I didn't have Var. I I probably overlooked Vargas. Probably should have had him as a fringe candidate to move. Um, maybe I was just more interested in seeing what he could do uh, with another year. So, yeah, no, yeah, I, no other really surprises. I think the ones I saw from Twitter being the most uh, surprise reactions was I think a lot of people thought Owen Miller would also be a potential trade just because of the infield depth. But um, I don't know. 
I think he's here to stay. I think, you know, they view him until they can, yeah. And until they can get a better option for that role, um, he's here. And then a lot of people kind of surprised that, uh, Maley is here. They're going to keep a vet catcher on roster. I think that's what it comes down to until they get another vet. They're going to keep a vet. It's catchers get expensive. Um, it's a limited supply and he's going to cost, I think about a million through arbitration. So, you know, there was a chance, but right now I think it comes down to that. And, uh, I know I saw him tweeting at you about it. You know, Tony would always at this time of year, it's, it's, it, you know, for as much as your hatred of, um, of saying that uh, we're showcasing someone is like a, a calling card for Tony. I feel like roster fodder is like his term. Like, I don't know how many times over the years I heard Tony talk about roster fodder. You got to keep roster fodder. You got to give some guys that are easy to cut. Like that is, that was what I, what I saw. And he hasn't like, Tony doesn't hop on Twitter except for like, just to come on and talk about roster fodder. I, I hope you can find something you love as much as Tony loves roster <laughs> fodder. I'm not saying this to make fun of him, but like if you've worked with Tony, like we both have uh, for any period of time, like the reason Justin's laughing is because he knows it's true. Like Tony, and it's, it's a true statement too, but Tony does bring that up every offseason. Yeah, it's true. And and actually, to be fair, they have to tender him a contract on Friday. They have to decide whether or not they're going to. I'm sure mm-hmm. they will. But they can't. After that, they're responsible for his contract. So if they tender him a contract, they either have to keep him on the roster and pay him or they have to trade him. Because if they DFA him, they're still responsible for the contract if they tender him. So we'll see Friday what they do. Maybe maybe there's another, another trade in the works for a, you know something else. I will say... This is probably going to be the last thing Cleveland does until after the after the midwinter meetings in terms of trades because now anybody not protected can't be traded, um, and they can they can certainly trade, you know, whoever for Sean Murphy that's on the forty. They can go ahead and trade uh, or players you know, who aren't eligible, right? You could trade anybody not eligible, or you could trade you know John Kenzie Noel and and I mean, or Jose you can Tanner. trade. You, I mean, you, you can trade any. Just for a minute, you can trade anyone, but teams aren't going to want to trade for Andrew, like Andrew Misiazic, and then turn around and lose him. Uh, right, like exactly. That, that's those why, guys have less value now. Yeah. That's why, like Cleveland traded J.C. Mejia for a player to be named later, and then when the minute it was announced, there is no Rule Five draft. It became David Fry because there was probably a list of three to four players who they would take, uh, depending on the Rule Five, and Fry was probably the top of that group. That's just how it is. Like technically, you can trade for anyone, but why would you want to do a trade for someone when, I mean, rule five, are they keeping it like first week in December? Uh, it's December not that 7th. far away. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I, I don't even know what day it is, but I know we have five more days until uh, Thanksgiving break. I can tell you as a teacher. Yeah. So uh, we're very close to obviously that, that in general. So most teams, and even though you're probably sitting there going, Hey, that's like a fourth piece. It doesn't matter. Teams care about every single piece. They want to get, mm-hmm get maximized on any of these things. So yeah, they're probably holding steady till then. Roster uh, fodder matters. So now let's <laughs> roster. Uh, you know, this is, it, we don't even have any rumors. Uh, I do want to take a moment before we go to the end of this. Cause I, a, at this point, this has gone so long. Let's just go for 50. Let's get crazy. Let's, let's make my meeting this week uh, about not being over, uh, go, I will say thank you to everyone who's commented about enjoying the longer length episode saying, be like, see, see people, people want more. Um, but also saying thank you to everyone that video this week about, uh, catching the r- rumor has it one. It's already our fifth greatest video of all time. So it's the off season and you crazy folks have made that nearly a thousand watches. So I appreciate that, but we could also use a thousand subscribers. So if you have not subscribed, please consider doing that as well. Uh, it is just a simple thing you can do to help the channel grow. And if you are a subscriber, uh, help a friend to sign up uh, for November. I can't think of any way to make that go with the whole no something November that everyone's doing. No friends, not subscribed. I think that's a double negative. So no, <laughs> ignore that. But the whole point is, come on, we're a hundred and less than 150 away. Please, please, please do what you can to help us. It would be huge for both of us here who are doing this as a secondary job, but are enjoying each other's company and the podcast very much. That is my begging component of the show. Uh, We're going to have to continue great content. What other podcast is going to talk Ross Carver, Carlos Vargas, Juan Brito, uh, you know, Tim Heron and um, Joey Cantillo for nearly an hour. Find me one. 
you know, that it's it, outside of the other, find me a podcast that doesn't have Justin on it. That's going to do that for an hour. Let me sure. rephrase that. an hour and a half on another podcast. Yeah, and I yeah. If, if you want even more, uh, go check out. Um, well, yeah, go ahead. Give, tell them where to find your other, the, your, your other podcast. Cause Hey, if they're listening to this much, they might want, if they want more, let's, let's send them to more. That's also you. Yeah. If you are a glutton for punishment, guardians of the future is where I do my other podcast. And, uh, we spent an hour and 45 minutes today doing the podcast. We were doing some lead up to the moves being announced. And then we anticipated like a 45 minute show <laughs> to react to moves being announced. And the guardians didn't tweet. didn't put their moves out until like super late. And 30 seconds after we decided to call it quits for the night in the podcast, the Guardians uh, announced their move. So didn't get – got everything in there except for the Nolan Jones trade. But, uh, yeah, if you want to hear me talk even more about Carlos Vargas and Tim Heron and um, a surprise way we got a source on Tim Heron being added to the roster, go ahead and do that. Was that through somebody's mom? Did I see that tweet? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So yeah, there's great, that's, great sources. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go check that out. I mean, everyone's saying they enjoy the longer content. You can get even more content and everyone gets annoyed with how I cut off Justin all the time. So you can get longer content without me. It's the best of all worlds. Uh, I'm just going to keep that's a lot of me. That's a lot of me. Keep Be careful. Okay. What you wish for. Listen, all, all of the comments are only positive with you. If there's a negative one, it's, it's on me. So everyone, you, uh, you are golden, man. Uh, Until today, think, this was it. This is the one. This is where they're gonna turn on you. You know, I think we've we've covered all of your bases. We're just having some fun vamping here at the end, but there's gonna be so much more to do this entire offseason. We still haven't covered left field, or no, we did. We haven't covered center field, we haven't covered right field. We know that. At some point, I'm gonna drag Justin into one of my dusty draft re- uh, retrospectives. People always enjoy that. And we have our Brewers show. By the way, the Brewers show has generated I got a DM from I believe a Mount Union football player with about five ideas. That was kind of fun. Uh, I should probably shout him out as a, a well, I don't know, maybe he doesn't uh, want to be shouted out, but uh, Nolan, thank you. Those are all great ideas. We will be using them on the show. Um, and then I got a bunch on the channel here. Everyone's excited for the Brewers show. So if you have an idea for our Brewers themed episode, send them in. Cause I feel like we're probably going to do that. Maybe. Well, and we've got a guest host this week. We're going to do a crossover with Lindsay of lockdown prospects. So uh, it, it's going to be a full week, a lot of fun, maybe like we do brewers before Thanksgiving or something like that. That can be, you know, the something next week is a Monday, Tuesday, early show, but yeah. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to Justin for dealing with my ridiculousness uh, on the regular. And uh, remember to download daily rate and review, subscribe, uh, check out Guardians of the Future for more fantastic uh, coverage of the the miners specifically. But, I mean, just Guardians information in general. Um, anything else to throw in? No, I'll save any any leftover thoughts on the trades for tomorrow. We've gone long enough. So come back tomorrow. I do have a couple more thoughts on the on the trades today, but I'll, uh, I'll save them for tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, that will be tomorrow. And, again, thank you. To everyone, go subscribe on YouTube right now and go subscribe all of your friends as well. Or make like six burner accounts. Uh, those are all things you could do to help the show. And how we end every show is go, go, Guardians, go.